0: with pete mccarthy and guest co-host sal lakata as you may have heard opening day right around the corner and uh it's all around major league baseball everybody's opening up tomorrow except the the reds and the nationals they were uh already rained out for uh for tomorrow is that
1: true i didn't even see that yeah 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 so yeah, you do fantasy you... baseball by the way yeah yeah oh okay so you have to set your lineups accordingly now every day I guess. Anyway, I'll, I'll do it for a it. week, and then <laughs> the, the daily transactions gets to be a little
0: bit too much. But uh, we welcome on right now Wayne Randazzo pre-post on the W O R Mets Radio Network. Was there at City Field today for uh, for that workout? And Wayne, I was there last week. The field is covered in snow. I'm like, uh, you know, it, it doesn't look like baseball's coming at all. How how is the view today? Are we a little closer?
2: Uh, ready for baseball, Pete and Sal. You know they have uh, they have settings where you can just. They they'll automatically activate whoever's starting for your fantasy baseball team. You don't even, you don't even really need to do anything.
1: Really? Just, just not on Yahoo. Yeah, oh. I did not know that. I mean, I haven't, I haven't played in that. probably a year and a half. Last year, I gave up. Uh, I, I just couldn't do it. I didn't know that. That's so you're an autopilot owner, huh, Wayno?
2: Autopilot. That's the way that that's the way to do it, especially you know if, if you had Sal Perez, like maybe oh. somebody I know did, and he. Rips up his knee, carrying luggage. You know, then you gotta you gotta go back to the drawing board.
1: Can you imagine, Wayne, if that would have happened to a Met? I mean, ripped up his knee, carrying luggage. it's <laughs> yeah. a what a horrible. I'm way sure, to everybody do. would have taken it very well,
0: <laughs> right? Right in stride. In
1: stride. Yeah. Exactly. How, well, no, how
2: did it feel? Look good today. It was, uh, it was. It's ready to go. It, you know, there's a lot of changes if you're uh, a media member. I feel like the the inside of the Mets clubhouse area. Is completely repainted almost in a way like a, a college football team would be, where they have, uh, you know, the kind of the Mets catchphrases on the way out to the dugout and uh, all the paint, the murals of each pennant winning or World Series winning team the Mets have had uh, on the way out. There's even new murals inside the tunnel uh, leading around the stadium underneath where you see a, a, Mont- a mural of Mike Piazza or a mural of Casey Stengel all the Mets' retired uniform numbers, and uh, a couple other things that are new. Just a lot of brightly painted colors on the inside. Uh, There's the first data club, which is now going to be underneath, behind home plate. That's kind of a new thing they have this year uh, for some of the season ticket holders down there. So some new things that maybe the fans wouldn't necessarily catch on to, but that uh, did catch your eye entering the stadium today. The, The dugout benches are painted white this year instead of gray or brown, whatever they were last year. So, Some subtle changes and, uh, you know, some things that were different from what we saw. But, uh, you know, as far as the Mets go, uh, a team that's focused on getting out there tomorrow and and letting this thing rip.
0: It sounds like more Mets. You know, more, more Mets is part of that stadium, which is... A plus, obviously, as uh, it is the Mets' home ballpark as we chat with Wayne Randezzo right now, pre-post in the WOR Mets Radio Network. How about you, Juan Sespita? Speaking English at the uh, press conference today, I-, I think I think that could be a real positive for him because he is someone that he becomes wrapped in mystery in, in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, and, and fans haven't had the opportunity to. Yeah, you know, get to know a whole lot about him, or at least hear him say it himself in, uh, in English. I thought that was a nice step for him and something that could really benefit him if he's uh, willing to stick it, stick with it.
2: Yeah, I think that, you know, certainly from an endorsement standpoint, it could be an enormous thing for you on Assess, but it could be a lot of money in, in just the fact that he's willing to speak English publicly. Uh, this is something we kind of knew about the last couple of years, that he was capable of speaking English, that he, in fact, he could probably do it pretty well, but just uh, was not comfortable doing so in front of uh, cameras and a, and a live audience. So uh, he's been in an incredible mood the last few weeks. I don't know what's going on with him. He can be mercurial, he can be pouty, he can be uh, the life of the party. Uh, I've never seen him as jovial as he's been the last two or three weeks. I mean, you could see him for a day or two and then he'll kind of, you know, stalk around a little bit, and then he's just kind of back and forth. But uh, he has just been happy as can be lately and, uh, you know, willing to work with uh, the Metro Media Relations team and, and saying today, you know, they told me about five minutes before he went out there that he was going to speak in English. And I said, you're lying. There's just there's just no way that he's going to actually go out there and do that. And not only did he do that, but he actually told Carlos Guillen, the new interpreter this year, that to stay away from him, that he didn't want him even up there as a crutch that he wanted to do it completely alone. So uh, I, I can't help but think Jose Reyes had a lot to do with that. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't, I don't really know for sure. I know that Jose's been uh, certainly ragging on, not ragging on, but encouraging Ahmed Rosario to do that and, and that it would be helpful for, for Rosario. So maybe he got into Cespedes' ear about the exact same thing. And, you know, Cespedes respects Jose Reyes a lot. And, and, you know, believes in a lot of things he, he, he talks to, he, he says to him. So uh, it's very possible Jose had a lot to do with that. Whatever the case is, it's great to see Cespedes, you know, take that take the reins by himself and to be comfortable doing that. And the genie's kind of out of the bottle now, so you, you, know, you may you may have to speak English a lot uh, for the, for the times that, that people want to interview him. But, um, you know, it's a, it's a great thing, I think, for everybody just to kind of get a better sense of, of what's going on in his mind and and not have to hear it through an interpreter. I think, you know, on some level, it makes some of the English-speaking media more comfortable in in talking to him. You know, maybe we'll hear him on on WLR. You know, maybe this this allows us to get him on a a more – on a pregame show or two a little bit more often than we would have.
1: Yeah, and it's be able to connect with the fans much better, Wayne. I mean, I I was going to say, what is this, the Mickey Calloway effect? No golf. Now we speak in English out of nowhere. But, I mean, if it's Reyes, good. He's worth every penny of that $2 million regardless because I think it is very important to have Cespedes, as you said, a guy who's been around him since he's been here, in a good jovial mood. You could sense that. He's open uh, to to speak English. He's having fun up there with Bruce and Frazier. And not just talk English, but he's making big statements. While he was doing it today, Sal. Yeah, I, I think it's a big deal. Better than 2015. Yeah, like,
2: uh, like I said, I you know, regardless of what he said about 2015, I mean, a lot of that's you know, happy talk at the beginning of a season. You want to you want to set the tone and speak positively. Maybe this team will end up being better than 2015. Uh, who knows? But um, just the fact that he's able to do that, put together those sentences coherently, and you know he. Again, this is something we've known for a couple of years. We knew that he spoke English, and, and quite well from what we were told. So, um, you know, now that's different than being comfortable doing so uh, with with a micro. You know, Wilmer Flores is, is, is fluent. You would never know that Wilmer uh, at, didn't speak English at all 10 years ago. Uh, he's very good at it. And, you know, even he sometimes has trouble with certain words or, or may, want, may not want to read something. Um, you know, there's just a... a Just a discomfort there sometimes. These guys don't want to embarrass themselves uh, by speaking a language they're not comfortable with. So you know, it it does take a lot. You know, sometimes get it right. Guys get it right away and they speak English fine. They do all their interviews in English. They they tell jokes. They are whatever. And some guys it takes longer. Some guys never do it. You know, Bartolo Colon still doesn't speak English in interviews, even though we know he can. Uh, He doesn't. He's not comfortable doing it in interviews. So uh, it's just. Uh, something that some guys do and some guys don't and the Mets you know have and able to crack the code with Cespedes to get him to do it.
1: Yeah, and look, I mean, they, the Met fans loved him in 2015 because of the way he produced. Ultimately, it'll come down to the same thing, but I love that they could have a deeper connection with him uh, if he's going to be uh, willing to speak English. We're talking about Wayne Randazzo. You can hear him here pre and post uh, all over uh, the Met games on uh, WOR throughout the course of the season, opening day tomorrow, of course. Any word, Wayne, who's throwing out the first pitch uh, now that I think about it? Do we have any special guests throwing out the first pitch for tomorrow?
2: You know, I haven't heard. I haven't heard anything uh, about any of the festivities. I, I know how he's going to be down there giving the team intro around twelve thirty. We're going to air that tomorrow afternoon. Uh, as far as first pitches, flyovers, that sort of thing. PAPD uh, and
1: NYPD will have the ceremonial yeah. first All pitch. All right, there sure. you go. There you go. All right. so Pete, I could have asked you that question. Uh, <laughs> let me ask Wayne this question then. Wayne, give me you mentioned him before Rosario Pete and I were talking about him. he's batting ninth tomorrow in the opening day lineup. what kind of season do you think he's going to have you think he could have a an impactful season on this 2018 Mets team
2: Yeah, yeah you know, I kind of mentioned it in passing during one of our spring training broadcasts that it's kind of unfortunate that he exceeded his rookie limit last year because you know that wasn't really a rookie season it was two months and you know it was, it was an, an unproductive year for the Mets so it wasn't as if he was going to catch any radar helping a contending team or anything like that so he kind of wasted not that it, it matters obviously his development matters the most but you you wasted his opportunity on getting a, a rookie of the year award and I, I think that if he was able to be uh, able to to get that award this year he'd be absolutely in the running for it he'd be a favorite in my mind so uh, so you kind of lose that, but I think what you're going to have from Ahmed Rosario is a guy who was a lot more comfortable in the major leagues because he got those two months, and who I think is going to have a very good season. I, I think he's going to hit. I think he's obviously going to play a, a tremendous shortstop. And hopefully he's a little bit more patient. Uh, I think you're going to see him bat ninth a lot. Uh, it, it sounds like that's the plan for most days, that Rosario's going to hit in that nine hole and, you know, the thinking being, well, he doesn't get on base a ton right now. Uh, but, so Brandon Nimmo starts the game, and, and he can get on base a lot. But then that second, third, fourth time through the lineup, you're hoping Rosario gets on uh, and sets the table. Rosario and Nimmo. And then really Cespedes is your three-hitter. Bruce is your cleanup hitter. You're looking at the lineup a lot differently after that first time through the order. So it may strike you. Oh, that's Dribble Cabrera's hitting fourth. Cespedes is hitting second. Not really, because the rest of the game, outside of the first inning, those guys are in the what are the more traditional three, four, five spots in the order.
0: Well, Cabrera did surprise me that he's going to be hitting cleanup. I just thought Frazier, and maybe even Gonzalez, would be ahead of him in this lineup. After the spring, Gonzalez said, I understand that, but I was surprised that Frazier's not up there for.
2: Well, I think they just value on-base percentage. You know, Cabrera gets on-base a lot. And, you know, I think Frazier, even though he had a career year in on-base last year, he, he's you know he tends to strike out a lot. There's tremendous power there, obviously, with Todd Frazier. So you know another thing I think too, you could sit here and overanalyze Game One's lineup. Game Two could be completely different. I, I think Mickey Calloway is gonna is gonna experiment with the lineup as they go on. You know Rosario won't hit ninth every day. Cabrera won't hit fourth every day. Not even close. So I, I think you know what it is today and what it is Saturday. Uh, you know they those. Those could be two completely different lineups. So they could use eight different lineups in the first ten games. It's just something that I think Mickey's going to going to just play around with, especially. Uh, while Michael Conforto's out because that's a main mm. cog in your lineup that you don't have right now.
0: And it sounds like Callaway's probably already got that mapped out. Uh, he's asked about, you know, he's got <laughs> it, it sounds like he's got lineups made up in September already, uh, but uh, you know, overly prepared rather than under and uh a different uh you know, that's the way Callaway seems to be going about it. But uh Wayne Randazzo, pre post, WOR Mets Radio Network. We'll hear you tomorrow, twelve oh five for the opening day broadcast. Thanks, Wayne right, thanks guys. Wayne Randazzo, uh, pre-post WR Mets radio. Can you believe it's
1: here? I mean, think about it. All offseason, right? it was a long season last year because they were basically out of it in April, mm-hmm. end of April, and then you had to suffer through all those months of, you know... The knowing, Yankees making a run in the, the playoffs. Yankees making a run, knowing the Mets are out of it. An offseason that crawled because there was no news until January or so. And then you get through that, the doldrums of February. I know you had a nice time in Australia on your honeymoon, but still, I mean, you suffered along with us here and uh, not, getting Not food, for those two weeks. Getting... <laughs> Getting through the off season. It's funny. I had my Four Nor'easters this month, right? Uh, yeah, right, exactly. I had my honeymoon end of September. Same difference, right? Off season. What's, what's <laughs> yeah. the difference? You had yours to chew up a couple of weeks yeah. in February. But here we are, Pete. I mean, it all begins tomorrow.
0: We made it, baby. Uh and and you are far more optimistic about this team than I am. And I'm I'm not a pessimist by this team by any stretch, but you you see them as competing with the Nationals, and I want to hear exactly how that is that you have arrived at that whoa, 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 conclusion wait
1: you need me to bring some logic to that uh, bring
0: something I'm not so sure, right? what we got 800 <laughs> the number we'll mix in some calls as well we will have todd frazier with us at 735 he's a local guy you know he's from jersey uh we'll have him again 735 and uh and much more we got your chance to win mets tickets as well for opening weekend it's a sports zone with pete mccarthy Salicata on the voice of new york 710 W O R. Now more of the W O R Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy and guest co-host Sal Licata. All right, spring training's in the books. The Mets, I, I think it was spring training that went well they're starting pitching, but the most part is intact. Zach Wheeler will start down at AAA, uh, but not because of injury, just because it wasn't effective. So he worked some things out, and then you hope he an impact player one way or another for this Mets team this year. And Michael Conforto's on the way back. So, you know, I think this spring things went about as well as you could have hoped. Certainly not perfectly. Jason Vargas starting the season on the DL. Yeah, but he
1: maybe missed two stars yeah, the most. And, right? and
0: he'll still be able to give them plenty. So I, I understand some of the optimism that is floating around some corners uh, after spring goes well. But, Sal, you kind of took it to the next level as
1: you think that they, the Mets are going to knock off the Nationals here. I do think that. Now, I mean, I've been wrong before, okay, but I do think... Think that they're, That's they're, a good way to start. Yeah, don't I mean, want you to be well, right Well, here. everybody, you would say that the majority of opinions on the Mets are that they will contend for a wild-card spot, right? Yeah. I mean, so nobody is looking at the division, which I think is absurd, aside from maybe Alderson and the, the players themselves. I mean, you're telling me in a division where they have one team to beat, hey, you think the Phillies are going to be good? Fine, they're not going to be that good. The Phillies aren't going to be as good as the Mets. No. Marlins and Braves are giving up. So now we're starting already with the division – with the two teams, I mm-hmm. mean it's the Mets and Nets. The Mets, I believe, were worse in 2015, and they beat the Nets. Uh, I think the Mets are better this year, and also, you know, look, you have to factor in luck. The Mets have had bad luck for several years. The Nationals have had pretty good luck from where, uh, where I'm standing, at least in the regular season for the most part. Lineup up and down. Uh, you know, Murphy's hurt to start the season. Mm-hmm. Zimmerman question marks about him, but let's just say I'll give you the lineup. Right? I don't. It's hard to argue for the Mets when you talk about lineup one through nine or one through eight. I should say. Well, I guess nine with it they now bat uh, players nine. Mets have a better lineup. I think the Mets are better everywhere else. I think they're better at one two punch in the rotation, they're better three, four, five, and they're better in the bullpen. And they're significantly better at the manager spot. So all those things factored in, some logical, a little illogical with some of the luck and, you know, do uh do for an upset or whatever, I, I think the Mets are going to win the division. Well you began by comparing it to twenty fifteen. And on paper, the Nationals were a better team
0: that year as well uh, than the Mets, and the Mets ended up coming through. But the reason the Mets did... Mets pounded them head-to-head, by the way. The Nationals, they imploded. They had problems in the clubhouse with Matt Williams. Jason Wirth is demanding of him, when do you think you lost the team in front of uh, everybody there? The reason the Mets were able to win the division that year is because the Nationals never ran away with it, let the Mets hang around, and then the Mets made some big moves at the deadline and got some players healthy, and boom, they were able to make a run over those last two months of the season. I think that's what you have to be looking for if the Mets are going to topple the Nationals, and the Nationals have to implode again. And I, There's a new manager there in Davey Martinez. Who's
1: lost, by the way, trying to be Joe madden light, and he's not.
0: I, I can't imagine that the Camel thing plays well with his team.
1: How stupid right? I, is that? And how he, about, And how about celebrating walk-off wins? I mean, please. Yeah, what a yeah. joke.
0: You know, he they brought Camels in. They have
1: to get over the hump in the uh-huh. postseason.
0: Meanwhile, Dave Martinez was the bench coach for the Cubs that knocked the Nationals out of the playoffs last year. He doesn't know about not getting over the hump and how those guys take that. Maybe they took it in stride, but I would be rankled by someone... Who beat me last year,
1: especially, new around here, is going to you know, make that a focus or try to make a joke well, out of that? We forget about win totals for a second, and forget about, you said the Mets are going to contend for a wild card, fine, I think they're going to beat the Nats for the division. We would agree that the Mets have a better staff, correct? No. You don't think the Mets have a better staff than no, the Nats?
0: They haven't stayed healthy, the Nationals have. Oh, that, that doesn't mean anything this year how does that not mean anything what if the, Scherzer blows out his arm the more you get hurt in the past more likely you are to be hurt no, in the future no I don't think so no, I, absolutely no, I don't think so that's the
1: number one rule Syndergaard had a lat
0: issue I think Syndergaard will be fine I'll agree with you on that but Mattson Harvey I'm not as bullish on as you
1: well, and to use your logic has Steven Strasburg ever been hurt before
0: yeah he's had issues he also finished the season pitching
1: about as well as
0: anybody in baseball last year and he threw a lot of games a lot of innings last year right so
1: the last two years Strasburg has been good so I mean he was injured before that so how did that happen he was an injured guy and then all of a sudden he had two good years back to back so I could play the side of well he's due to get injured again or you could say well the Mets guys were injured now maybe they're due to stay healthy for a change I mean it's you I can't don't think just... it's the way it works I don't think it's you know luck and what you're doing some Eaton. guys are more likely to get hurt how about Adam Eaton where was he last year? He was hurt. Uh, so? I mean, are we counting him in the lineup, or was he going to be hurt this year? Is he even starting for them? I mean, they have him <laughs> listed here. I mean, <laughs> They're deep in that outfield. They have Michael A. Taylor. Yeah, michael Harper's a Taylor hurt too.
0: Is that the outfield now? Taylor, Eaton, and Harper?
1: That's the opening uh, day uh, lineup a- we're thinking? According to Sports Illustrated here, Michael Taylor's in center, Harper in right, and Eaton in left field.
0: That's a good lineup. That's a good outfield. Taylor was great last year.
1: Yeah, I'm not saying he's not a good player. Tell's a good player. I mean, Murphy's, Murphy's hurt right now. He'll, you know, is he gonna continue doing what he did? And he did fall off a little bit anyway. I mean, are these projections of what he did last year? 307, 17 homers? Is that all he did last year? I don't know if these are projections for this year or if these are numbers from last year.
0: Well he missed some time, but uh, still that's not I think he had more than that just against the Mets. Yeah, really last
1: year probably. Anyway, Zimmerman, is he gonna duplicate what he did a year ago? I mean, there are just a lot look, anything could happen. Bryce Harper in a walk year, anything could happen with him. Who knows? I mean Bryce Harper's been up and down. It's not like he's a given thing either. He's a low profile now. But I'm giving you the lineup. I'm not giving you the starting rotation. I think Gio Gonzalez. You'd rather have him over Stephen. The
0: lineup, all right. The lineup's twice as good. The bullpen. The, the, the Mets Nationals' are much better. rotation, I think, is better. Not by much, but it is better. You want to argue? It's we can at least say it's close. And then the bullpen for the Nationals is a huge problem for them at the start of last year, but. They largely fixed it. No, oh, They passed did? it together the second half of the season.
1: The, the Mets the Mets are a better team top to bottom and Mickey Calloway is wow. a better significantly better manager than Dave Martinez. I mean Dave Martinez doesn't know what he's doing. I'm I'm not What do we know about Mickey yet? I'm confident Mickey, but I, he hasn't managed a game. I, I know that he's not bringing Camels into camp to try to get the team over the hump and he's not celebrating walk-off wins. Dave Martinez is trying to be somebody he is not and if he is that person, even worse. I mean even worse. I, the Nationals, on paper, again, the lineup, you could say that it's loaded. doesn't mean they can't be beat. I've seen it before. Look around Major League Baseball. You're telling me everything that's that's supposed to happen is going to happen? Dodgers are going to win the West. Cubs are going to win the Central. Nats are going to win the NL East. Yankees or Red Sox are going to win the AL East. Indians are going to win the Central. The Astros are going to run away with the West. I mean, it's not, it doesn't happen like that. Every year, these foolish people make predictions. And every year, they pick the favorites. And every year, guess what? They are wrong. Every year. Now it's a matter of who you think is going to upset. So maybe you don't want to pick the Mets upset. Maybe you pick the Rockies to win the West. I would like that as opposed to joke. Maybe you pick the Brewers or Cardinals to win the Central. For me, I think the Cubs are going to be tough to beat. I would probably pick the Dodgers. I'm with you with the Rockies. I think they'll be a good team and go over and be a wild card team. My upset is going to be the Mets beating the Nationals, who I don't believe are any good. I mean, they do the same thing, Pete, every year in the postseason. I think they got worse at manager Bryce Harper in a walk year could be a problem. And I think law of average is. Going Gonna have Scherzer, Strasburg and some of those guys in that lineup come back down to earth and the Mets are due for some luck. You're saying there's a chance. <laughs> exactly. I mean, there is. You know, you do. how many how many wins do you think the Mets are going to have? 85. How many wins do you think the Nats are going to have?
0: 94.
1: So you're so saying I don't think it's close. Nine saying, games is too yeah, much to bridge. You're saying there's a nine opinion. game difference. I, yeah. I'm going out on a limb saying with one team to beat in the division, essentially, the Mets are going to do it. I think the Mets put it all together this year. I think you see a healthy Conforto, Cespedes. Frazier, Bruce, in the same lineup, they haven't had offense like that in years. Combine that with the one-two. I don't even care what happens with three, four, five in the rotation, and a better bullpen than they had in recent years. I think it. I think it adds up to a division title, and you and I will go out and celebrate. Well, it, it,
0: that that is true, uh, and otherwise, <laughs> if the Mets lose tomorrow in 24 hours. We'll see how different this conversation is.
1: I guess it's not. It's not like the Mets are projected to win seventy-five games. I mean, you know, well, not, they won seventy last year, right? But they're projected to win about eighty-two, right? Low eighties, I think everybody. I'm saying. giving them a fifteen-game
0: jump. I think that's pretty generous. And to expect a twenty-four-game jump is boy. The the thing with the Mets, this this is, if I'm putting on the rose-colored glasses, I'm still not giving you Mets over Nationals. But I will say. If the Mets make the wild card, which they're more than capable of doing, they could be extremely dangerous in the playoffs. Because if they have Cindergard, the Grom, let's say Harvey pitches well this year or Mats, that's a heck of a group that right. you can bring to the postseason. I don't consider it likely that that group makes it to the end of the road. But if somehow, some way, they did, nobody. Wants to play the Mets in the playoffs. The Cubs, the Dodgers, the National None
1: of those teams will want to play the Mets. Cubs and Dodgers already felt the wrath. So if they you already wanna, saw what could happen.
0: If you want to be optimistic about the Mets making it to the World Series or winning a World Series, I'll take that over the Mets knocking off the Nationals because of our 162 games, I don't don't see it at all. I don't think the the Mets are
1: close. I'm the opposite this year. I like what you're saying, but I think the playoffs are a crapshoot. I I think the Mets are going to win the division. Whether they win a division series, whether they get ousted in the championship series, I have no idea. But I think the Mets are going to beat the Nationals. for the. I think the Nats' best team was 2016. That was their shot. And, and they didn't. 2015, they, got, they were awful. They got punched in the mouth by the Mets, and the Mets ran away with it. 16 was their shot. You know,
0: last year, they had great pitching when they reached the finish line. Gio Gonzalez pitched well last year. Strasburg finished strong. Scherzer. They've had chances, man. And that would be one thing for the Nationals this year. They can't win over anybody until October. Nobody in D.C. is going to care. Even if they win 120 games in the regular season, that's not going to do a thing for anybody. It's going to be, can you actually win a postseason series for once? And that that can weigh on you. That can weigh on you. Uh, We'll come back. Todd Frazier. He's going to be starting at third base for the New York Mets tomorrow. Uh, we'll join us here on the show, and, and we'll get some calls going here. 800 321 710. We'll get to some calls before the top of the hour. We've got Mets tickets to give away. We'll give you a chance to win those. Coming up, it's the Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy, Sal Lacata on The Voice of New York, 710 W O R. Out. Our Sports Zone. Here's Pete McCarthy and guest co host Sal Lacata. All right, we have a chance to be joined right now by the man who will be starting at third base for the New York Mets tomorrow, making his Mets debut, uh, and that is of course Todd Frazier. And uh, Todd, welcome to the show. Appreciate you coming on. What's the excitement level as uh, we close in on Opening Day?
3: Yeah, adrenaline's rolling already. I mean, I think if you are playing this game and you've been through a whole a thousands of them, I think every do, every time I am going to be get that, I am going to get that nervous energy and not be able to sleep at night. Uh, it's just natural, so it's, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, especially close to home. And um, yeah, I couldn't be happier, you know, with all the people coming and people watching. And, you know, it's the first time that everybody at home can watch a game and uh, get prepared for another great season.
1: How cool is it, Todd, for you to be able to do that in New York? I mean, you talked about it. You have, what, 24 tickets allotted already, maybe more for opening day, but opening day always special. Somewhat of a, yeah, I don't want to say playoff atmosphere, but, you know, there's just a special feel to it, whether you're a fan, whether you're a player. But for you to do it in New York City as a New York Met, how special is that going to be for you?
3: Uh, it, it, even better, man. It's a topping on the cake, to be honest with you. I'll be in New York. Uh, this is Mecca, man. This is the best city and one of the best cities in the world. And uh, for me, um, like I said, it makes it that much more special uh, knowing that my you know my family, my whole you know close family will be there and um, be with the best fans in the world. I, I really can't wait to uh, see what we have in store and what I have in store for sure.
0: And this uh, will be your fourth team in the last four years, Todd. What was it like meshing with a new group again over the course of spring training?
3: Oh, it's great. It's awesome. I, I, they took me with open arms. Um, you know, you know, going into a new team, you don't want to step on anybody's toes and you know, not be too loud, too rambunctious. And, um, you know, I felt like I was myself after the first couple of days because these guys are great, good core veteran guys. And we had a couple guys coming in too as well that, you know, haven't been with a different team in a while. So that kind of helped out too. And, um, you know, we look pretty darn good on paper, man. I'm just really excited.
0: Are you already the loudest guy in the room? Who, who has that going, Todd?
3: <laughs> oh, man, I don't know if <laughs> I'll be – I'm close, but I think Reyes has got that one beat for sure. You know,
1: Todd, Todd, I like what you said about trying to get a feel. You know, you're the new guy in town here, new team, Try to get a feel for it, but then eventually be able to be yourself and be comfortable. A lot of people talking about you being already the leader on this team in the absence of David Wright. You feel like that? You feel like not that this is your clubhouse per se, but you're a leader in this clubhouse
3: already? I think we have a bunch of them, to be honest with you. You know, from top to bottom. Uh, you know, we look at at our pitching staff. You know, with they're young guys, but they've been around, you know, a long time. Uh, you know, we got Adrian Gonzalez, we got Jay Bruce, we got, um, you know, even you know, you talk about the Groms and uh, Vargas. We, I mean, guys that have been here before. So I think everybody's accountable. I think uh, if you're not accountable for yourself, well, you know, it's going to be one of those things where you know you need to move on. We need to be ready. Prepared to win games, and I think uh, that's our main focus. No matter what happens, is to find ways to win ball games.
0: And we're talking again with Todd Frazier of the New York Mets uh, a day before opening day here in the Sports Zone. You know, you're playing for Mickey Calloway now. Uh, you've played for a, a manager with a pitching background before Brian Price in Cincinnati. Is there anything that maybe you know a, a guy in that position needs to learn about what it's about to be a position player, and and how is that? Transition gone early in your mind for Mickey Calloway?
3: I think the transition's been well. I mean, for you know, as a manager, you got to have trust in uh, your other coaches too, as well. And I think they've done a great job. Our hitting coaches have done an awesome job trying to focus in on what our strengths are and trying to stay with our weaknesses and uh, just being prepared for anything. And uh, you know, Mickey definitely helps, but um, he has trust in his in his, in his staff, and uh, that's why they're here. And I, we've had a great conversations with him about. You know, defense about hitting and uh, what have you, and we're we're really prepared this year. It's going to be a very prepared team, and um, you know we're going to try not to make those physical errors or you know physical or mental errors, and we'll see how we go from there.
1: Todd, give me the thing you maybe I don't know if it's learned most in spring training or you were surprised by. It. I'm sure you've heard a lot of things and seen a lot of things on the outside, but being a part of this team during spring training, whether it's the impressive performance from Cespedes or Standard, was there anything that jumped out to you this spring?
3: Um, You know, I just think the togetherness of our team. We had a good team, good bonding, and uh, we understand each other. So the focus is basically on that, and uh, we'll see how we go from the beginning of the year.
0: All right, Todd Frazier, uh, appreciate him joining us uh, on the show. And uh, for, uh, for Frazier, let me see, hometown guy, i will have some friends and family uh, in the crowd there. Not terribly new, he was playing for the Yankees last year, but uh, <laughs> makes the other half of the family happy now.
1: Yeah, uh, you would think. Um, weird, though, 24 ticket requests at the minimum. I mean, can you accommodate that on opening day? Was he got to rent out a suite? I would think opening day is booked up. No, Field. it's
0: not. I was just looking for tickets
1: Get before the here. show, just out of curiosity. And you could get upper deck seats uh, for tomorrow. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. Do you know how many years I struggled to find tickets? I mean, even in years where the team wasn't good. Yeah, I couldn't tell you how many are available, but I checked at about five
0: forty-five, and there are still tickets for tomorrow. And some of the tickets I saw were restricted viewing and things of like that. But I, I did oh, check all over I did check the Promenade. I think it was seventy-seven dollars a pop. That's like uh, the cheapest one right now. Yeah, for the
1: cheapest avenue in.
0: Uh, well, they might have standing room, but I, I, I didn't see that as an option on the site. So I just clicked the uh the promenade, and you know, seventy seven dollars to have a seat. They weren't terrible seats either. It's not like you were all the way out in right field or uh, all the way out in left field. It was within the foul poles and not that far past first base. So uh we'll see what kind of crowd is there tomorrow. I think. The early start I'm date? I'm shocked at that. I think the early start date scared some people away. You know, the forecast tomorrow It's
1: opening tells day. you there's going to be
0: baseball, but it's not
1: a, you know, the, beautiful the, day. For years, Pete, forever. Um, I mean, I, I haven't paid attention to the ticket sales as much when I was trying to go. You know, say the last few years or, or so. Yeah. But forever, it was opening day is an impossible ticket. Mm-hmm. That's always sold out. And, and then the, the second day, d- you're uh, there by yourself. Yeah, exactly. The, <laughs> se- the second day, you can't beg people to go yeah. enough. But and, and so it's opening day and the Yankee series. That's it. I mean, that's what you. I wait online for in the freezing cold mm-hmm. in February to be able to purchase opening day and a Yankee series. And you're telling me hours before opening day, you can actually get a seat. I could see for like a five hundred. Seat or a th- whatever, the really expensive seats behind home plate or those, those sometimes can be tough to sell. But an upper level seat, I mean, anything under a hundred bucks. Please hey sign me up. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, we'll see uh we'll see what it looks like tomorrow as uh the Mets will be starting up the season. But I I think it feeds into it's important for the Mets to get off to a good start this year. And you know, we can talk about from the business point of view getting the fans involved, but I think it's important for the players too. All these
1: guys lived through last year. They don't need any reminders of that early on the season. But, but but for as you're right. Look, they need to get off to a good start and have everybody feeling good because you know how it is. With this town with that team Oh, here we go again! Uh, yeah. Everybody's looking. They for go the... three
0: and eight, oh, or somebody yeah. gets
1: hurt. Right. That's it. Exactly, that's it. Bury them. Callaway should be fired. We're seeing one. that
0: Family Guy clip uh, just playing on a loop. But I am one ve- pitch. Yeah. Season's over. But I
1: am very surprised that opening day is not sold out because, like I said, even bad at Shea, which had more seats, mm-hmm. obviously fifty-four thousand compared to what forty-five now. Even bad teams, it was very, I mean, very difficult, if not near impossible, to get opening day seats. So, yeah. I don't think it has to do with the fact that they struggled last year. I'm not sure what it is. Maybe you're right. Maybe it is the early start.
0: Well, it could be the weather. It could be a couple of different things. But uh, that, that was the story when I checked today. Maybe it's just a loose couple of tickets, but mm, give it a Thinking shot. about calling out sick tomorrow. Yeah, you know? You're out. 800 321 0710. Again, 800 321 0710. We'll take your Mets calls when we come back. Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy, Salicata on The Voice of New York, 710 WOR. Now, more of the WOR Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy and guest co host Sal. 800 Eight hundred three two one zero seven ten. The number of scratchy calls here. Uh, we'll start with Don in Linden. How are we doing tonight, Don? Oh, how are you? I'll make the
4: same argument I've been making. Uh, the Nationals picked overwhelmingly. The Mets given little chance in the division. The other radio talk host on your competing station repeats himself late at night. No chance, no chance. Well, I don't even know yeah, who he, that is. I uh, the John just sent oh, oh
1: okay, okay
4: but anyway, regardless, three years ago, the Mets get me into a fight with the nationals in August get me keep me two games, three games out, get, get me into a pennant race with them, same thing with the Braves in two thousand and thirteen when they're in a when they can 't pull away that 's why the mets can 't fall six games behind or seven like they did last year, when everything went wrong. Get me into a fight with them, and they will crumble like they do every October when they can't win one single playoff series. And that's why I think the Mets can win the National League East. Stay close, put pressure on them. They that that is their, that is like I said about Scherzer all the time. He's the best pitcher in baseball, without a doubt. Don, and there's nothing.
1: Don, Yep. Say it with me. It's not Ken. It's will win the National League East. Will. They will. will win the National League East. They will win the, they National, will League. Win the National League East. Should I be right? pounding my chest? Yeah, come on, Pete, say it. <laughs> <laughs> let's go opening day baby they, they will that's right not they can they will
0: uh, it's gonna be so <laughs> disappointing to be right here uh, Mother's Day when the Mets are eight games down the oh division. come on you don't believe Dan that Dan Plisak's going be walking <laughs> off bridges again walking us off bridges again we, I, I, I need a little push to go back on the bridge with the Mets I'll, I'll say that. I agree with the, the logic of that caller you make it into a grudge match between the Mets and the Nationals uh, the Mets are capable of making a move at the deadline like they did in 2015 i'll buy i'd like the mets in that situation but i have to see it I, I gotta see the the pitching stay healthy for at least a month into the season here i gotta see how this offense comes together because it looks to me a lot like the offense last year that you know, I was just waiting for home runs these are the things that that i need to see and i know the nationals On paper, there's no holes there. There's no holes at
1: all. But they do have a glass jaw, as he said. And the Mets Mets themselves, I mean, they obliterated them in 2015 head-to-head. Now, I'm not saying the same exact thing is going to happen this year, but I I don't believe the Nats are that big of a threat. Let's just say the Mets were in the NL Central or the Cubs were in the NL East. I I don't think I'd sit here with the same conviction and say they could beat the Cubs or even the Dodgers, for that matter. Mm -hmm. The Nats, I think, are very, very beatable. For as good a team as they seem to be on paper, they're beatable no they're beatable in October
0: I don't think they're very beatable April to September I I think that's a big uh, a big thing for that team now you're going to start playing meaningful games Labor Day weekend in Washington again or however the schedule breaks maybe it's a different story but uh I don't I don't see the Mets being that close I I wish the Mets did more this offseason I'd love to have that hope going into the year but I think the best case scenario
1: regular season for the Mets wild card but what could have what more could they have done? Because you basically said it comes down to the, the health of the starting staff. So what, Lance Lynn would have made a difference for you?
0: I don't have a great uh, what they could have done this offseason. That was what was frustrating about this offseason. I loved Mike Moustakas. He ended up getting peanuts and it wasn't a big factor. And would he
1: make that much of a difference? I Probably think Logan
0: not. Morris would be better at Adrian Gonzalez, but there wasn't there wasn't that perfect guy to go out and get that was going to have you all charged up by the Mets. I think they filled the holes, but they didn't do so in a way
1: that they are close on paper than that, But it comes down to the health of the starting staff, ultimately, doesn't it? It does every They year. have the guys there. They just got to keep them healthy and productive. Good luck.
0: 800 321 Again, 800 321 Your chance to win Mets tickets opening weekend coming up. Uh, right now, a news update.